that are at home online, we understand perfectly you're going to be alert because we'll be drinking the coffee during the service. But it was delightful, and thank you for all the Padre Garb. Okay, we're over that now. So grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Will you please join me in the call to worship as printed in the bulletin? I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Let us worship the Lord. Stand with me. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, the apostle warns that we Christians deceive ourselves if we feel that we don't need to confess our sins before the Father. A prayer of confession is a way for us to acknowledge and repent for our sins.
to be honest with ourselves and with God about our mistakes and our need for God's grace. A prayer of confession prepares our hearts to be cleansed by Christ's sacrifice and transformed by the Holy Spirit. Now in unison, let us come before the Lord in the prayer of confession printed in your bulletin. Eternal God, our judge and redeemer, we confess that we have tried to hide from you, for we have done wrong. We have lived for ourselves and apart from you. We have turned from our neighbors and refused to bear the burdens of others. We have ignored the pain of the world and passed by the hungry, the poor, and the oppressed. In your great mercy, forgive our sins and free us from selfishness, that we may choose your will and obey your commandments through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Now hear these words of assurance of forgiveness from the book of Isaiah. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up and show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. In Christ Jesus, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. It's that time to show off your Padres jerseys, to turn around, to greet your neighbors, wave to the folks across the hall, wave to the folks uh, online, and say hello to somebody new.
Well, God bless you young disciples, and you may continue up to Sunday school. Go right up there. Thank you so much for sharing your gifts with us this morning. As they go, I'm going to make my usual plethora of, in, of announcements for you. So beginning within a few moments, we will be taking our offering. And I just want to encourage you, if you have not yet given to the hurricane relief, this is a good time just to prepare that. There are envelopes in uh, your bulletins. If you don't have one of those, you can write um, on the memo, hurricane relief for helping those in Florida, specifically um, near Fort Myers, both the Presbyterian Church and others in the community who are in need. On November the 6th, we have a new members class. So if you're not yet a member of the church or a follower of Jesus and want to call this your home, we encourage you to come and to be a participant in the new members class right after the service at 12 noon. At 2 p.m., we are going to have a service in celebration of the life and in witness to the resurrection we have in Christ Jesus for Judy Aronsi, and that will be 2 p.m. here in our sanctuary. May God continue to bless and be with this family, bringing them comfort. On October 30th, we have a couple of events. One is our congregational meeting. We have a full slate of elders and deacons to be nominated, and you also need to vote on my being um, my disillusionment from the, or dissolving my relationship, I have to get this correctly, from um, the village church, which means that when I watch late night Padre games, I can sleep in in the morning after that. So just so you know, I'm here till December, but we're voting on that in October. Also, we have trunk or treat. It's after both services next week. So you can go out to the playground, even if you didn't bring candy, or if you're not using your car, we invite you to go ahead and do some trunk or treating. There'll be a bunch of vehicles out there with their trunks full of candy right out by the large playground. So we encourage you to participate in that. Next Sunday on the 23rd, directly after the service, we're going to present to you um, some slides and some information on our recent mission trip to Oaxaca, Mexico. There are six of us who went down there. We have slides, we have some conversation, and we'd love to hear your questions and answer. Plant with Purpose is one of our core missions and does phenomenal work. They've planted, planted over 50 million trees and are really empowering people to live healthy lives and working with the rural poor. So I encourage you to be a part of that. And then today after service, Bates Farms for all of those who do not yet have their pumpkins. You have not a thing to worry about of where you should go or what you should do any day of the week. We have Bible studies during the week and then your weekends are full. This coming Saturday is a branch barbecue that we serve to the homeless down at Mission Bay. So look for that information and please join us. So each month we highlight a mission partner of our church and today we welcome up Reverend Dr. Donald Owens. He is from Safe Harbor, which is part of the Mission Church down in San Diego. It's a Methodist, but you know, we're all one in Christ, so we let the Methodists in. Reverend, please come and share with us. Good morning, Dr. Jan. Thank you for inviting me to come and share about Safe Harbors. Safe Harbors is a 5013C uh, nonprofit organization that was organized about 10 years ago in response to people coming across our borders that needed assistance once they arrive in the United States. We currently have within our care 127 people uh, from various countries, asylum seekers and refugees. 
Uh, that's, we have three families from China, three from uh, Russia, we have three families from Ukraine, and a host of other countries, Venezuela, Peru, and other countries around the world. Uh, we've had people from 27 different countries, so over the course of the past 10 years, I would say that 8,000 people have traveled through Safe Harbors Network. We currently have seven houses, one being in Victorville, six in the San Diego area, and six apartments. And so people are here. We're the only long-term shelter that people can stay in for more than two nights. Uh, we do have Jewish family services and Catholic charities that help people, but those are generally just two nights in a hotel, and then they have to move on. We help people with the immigration services, help them get their paperwork corrected, and so that we can help them get a job. So we are currently only limited by what we can have a space for them to live. So, but we provide food, clothing, and shelter. We also have two uh, schools of nursing, community care, and UCSD School of Nursing come to us, and we provide medical care, food, and food and clothing to people. Many times they show up on our doors with nothing but the clothes on their backs, and we have to find a place for them to stay. Sponsors who sponsor them. Currently. Like even last night, I was sitting at home watching the Padre game and I got a call and there was a woman and a lady and her two children were there and I had to find a place for them to go stay. So it interrupted my Padre game so I could go and help people to find a place to stay. We will not allow uh, children to be uh, on the streets. Just this year alone, we have over 25 babies that have been born in safe harbors and so uh, the 30-day limit, which we help people, we're certainly not going to put children out on the street, and especially pregnant women and their little babies. So, uh, as I said, we're only limited by what we're able to afford to do. And so thank you for letting me come and share what we do to try to help the strangers that show up in our country. Dr. Owens will be out at the mission table, and so if you just, I encourage you to go out, have a discussion with them, maybe find ways that you can engage in helping with those who come seeking help in our country. Now it's time to quiet our minds and open our hearts for the prayers of the people. We will conclude with a unison declaration of the Lord's Prayer. Let us now come humbly before our Lord in prayer. Most gracious and heavenly Father, you are a good and merciful God who deserves our never-ending, never-failing worship and thankful praise for all that you have done in our lives. You have kept your promises to Israel, Lord, by sending Jesus, your only begotten Son, as an atoning sacrifice for our sins and for the sins of the whole world. You are indeed a great and mighty God who alone is deserving of our honor and praise. Father, there are so many stories of pain, loss, and destruction in our world today. We pray for those ravaged by hurricanes, floods, and other natural disasters for those caught up in fear, suppression, armed conflict, racial and social injustice. We pray that you would hold close all those who suffer 
and teach the rest of us how to be instruments of your divine justice and peace. Lord, we are particularly mindful of the refugee crisis in our world today in so many different countries. We pray that you will help us to care for the sojourner. Help us, please, as your people, to be a reflection of your might and your greatness and your awesome majesty in the way we love and care for the vulnerable and the weak around us and even those far from us. Gracious God, incline our hearts to care for the orphan, the widow, and the displaced in ways that glorify your name as the one who executes justice on their behalf and loves them. Especially, O oh God, help us to discern what this looks like in each of our own lives and in our families and in our churches, as we are your church and we are your people. Grant us, Lord God, a vision of your world as your love would have it, a world where the weak are protected and, the, and none go hungry or poor, a world where the riches of creation are shared with everyone and everyone can enjoy them, a world where different races and cultures live in mutual respect and harmony, a world where peace is built with justice and justice is guided by love. Give us the inspiration and courage to build that world. Lord, we ask your blessing today on our mission partners, on Dr. Owens and Safe Harbors, your hands and feet in this righteous endeavor. Give them strength and courage as they go about your work in our community. And on Pastor Jack as he leads the Outreach Commission in their important work in Lebanon and Syria. Lord, open our minds and hearts, too, to hear and understand the message that your servant, Pastor Jan, brings to us this morning. Lord, we pray for the leaders of our nation and through your saving, that through your saving grace, they may overcome pride, partisan rancor, and division to work together to find meaningful progress for all. And Heavenly Father, we pray your blessing and your healing and comfort for members of this community who are facing challenges and heartache. For Rusty, Frank, and Pat. For the hundreds of students home with severe flu. And we ask special comfort for the Kevin Stum family on his passing. Give them all strength and courage to experience your grace and love in their time of trial. Now, Lord, we bless and thank you that we are saved by grace through faith. We pray that we may maintain an open heart to your praise and glory as we trust in your word and walk in your ways, so that we may grow in grace and in a knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now let us lift up our voices together in the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we continue in worship, let us bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord. There are baskets here in the front and also in the back. I invite you to come.
Please be seated. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. So now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? Only to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his decrees that I am commanding you today for your own well-being. Although heaven and earth and heaven of heavens belong to the Lord your God, the earth with all that is in it, yet the Lord set his heart in love on your ancestors alone and chose you, their descendants after them, out of all the people as it is today. Circumcise then the foreskin of your heart and do not be stubborn any longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who is not partial and takes no bribe, who executes justice for the orphan and the widow and who loves the strangers providing them food and clothing. You shall also love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. Him alone you shall worship. To him you shall hold fast, and by his name you shall swear. He is your praise. He is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things that your own eyes have seen. Your ancestors went down to Egypt, 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in heaven. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Tricia. Well, I oftentimes will say to people, I'm, I'm either calling or texting, saying this is a heart check. It has mostly to do with those who are, maybe are going through a difficult time or struggling, and I just want to know, how's your heart? Well, a physical heart, we all know that, and we know, or maybe we don't know, that it's the number one disease uh, problem in America, is heart disease. It's also the number one killer in America, heart disease. It's also the number one disease and killer in the whole world. And I think, wow, most of us know that, and so most of us have our heart checked you know, by the doctor. We go every year, every, if you're young, you'll get there. Um, and they do all these tests to make sure that your heart is well and you eat well and you exercise and you do all these things because you want to live a long and healthy life. So we take care of our heart the way we take care of our whole bodies. Oftentimes I think our heart is, is to us, when we talk about it, it's more than just our bodies. It's what's on our heart. It's what's on our soul. Our heart aches. And we think, what is it that makes my heart ache so much? So our heart is so connected to us. I hope today's scripture, though it's all-consuming, is something that speaks to your heart, because that's what God is calling us to do, is to have our whole heart for God. 
It's about the heart and soul of seeing God who calls us to glorify him, to worship worship him, to serve him, to be his people. And I want to, as usual, unpack it a little bit so we kind of get the context of why God is having Moses speak once again to the people of Israel to try and get them aligned with God's will and God's call and God's commandment in their life. But today especially, God calls us to many things, but today especially I want to look at those whom God calls as a way of glorifying him, those whom God asks us to serve as a way of glorifying him, the orphan, the widow, and the stranger in our midst. Now, in the passage preceding this, Moses has um, built a wooden box that's going to be, you know, have gold inlay over it and over it. And he is gone up, back up to the mountain to get a new set of Ten Commandment tablets. And if you read in the beginning, it goes, God said, I'm giving you new tablets because you smashed the other ones. And what had happened was that Moses had gone up to the mountain, remember, to see the glory of God. And that's where he first received the Ten Commandments. He was in the midst of the glory of glories. I mean, it was a holy of holy place. Not quite the same, but it does remind me a little bit of when we went to camp, like junior high or high school camp. Any of you do that Christian camps you went to? And it was so wonderful. I mean, they took care of you. They loved on you. You had people that, that wanted to be there, and you... You studied the Bible together, you sang songs, you met new friends. It was absolutely wonderful. You had such a great time. I kind of think Moses, like, multiply that by a thousand. He's in the presence of God. And he comes down, and the Israelites have gotten bored, they've gotten tired, and they've started to worship other gods. And in fact, they've made this huge golden calf to worship. And Moses is so angry that he takes the tablets and he just smashes them. Kind of like coming home from that camp and you're so high on Jesus and then your parents say, get to the laundry. You have all this dirty laundry, go get it cleaned and your whole world begins to unravel because the reality of everything around you is falling apart. Moses gets a new tablet and he's bringing it back to the people of Israel. In the first verses before you hit chapter 12, you're going to see how God answers the prayers because the people needed him. I'll give, you, I'll give you the commandments again. I'll forgive your sins because you are my people. I will provide guidance for you. Here you go. This is the way you have to need to live your life. I guarantee to be your help and I will fulfill promises. The verse right before our study today said, and I will take you to the promised land. For I am a God full of promises, and I will be good on those promises. So then, as the scripture says, Moses comes and he goes, so then, having remembered that I just came down the mountain again with a new set of tablets, and you know from before why we need this new set, so then hear this, and this is today's lesson, a fresh copy of the Ten Commandments, and what is it that the Lord requires of you? It's not a rhetorical question. God answers it in the voice of Moses. Only to fear the Lord your God, to love God, to serve God, to obey his commands with all your heart and your soul, and then to care for others in the same way. 
I don't know about you, but I grew up with the fear of the Lord, meaning God will get to me if I'm not good. So some of us either run to God or we run away from God, one of the two. There is a great book about the movie The Princess Bride. I asked this for service who's seen The Princess Bride. You can raise your hand online too. Okay, the rest of you have a, a homework. <laughs> Go get The Princess Bride. But out of The Princess Bride, it's a story about um, a little boy who's sick and his grandpa comes to read to him while he's in bed sick. And he has this story called The Princess Bride and it's about um, Wesley who's a farm boy and he becomes a dread pirate, Roberts. And then he comes back to rescue his now Princess Buttercup. And you've got sword fighting, you've got everything. You even have a giant. And this is actually a real giant. Um, the person that they use for this is a man um, named uh, Fezzik in the movie, but his real name is Andre the Giant. That's his code name. Many of you grew up with Andre the Giant. Rick and I, when we wanted to escape seminary study, we would watch World West Wrestling Federation. He was like the top paid. He beat people left and right. He was seven four. Seven feet, four inches tall, over 500 pounds. His shoe size was somewhere between size 22 and 26, and his hand was the size of a catcher's mitt. Someone in first service came up to me afterward and said, my wife met him, now she is petite, and he literally picked her up in the palm of his hand. That's a big guy. And so he is Andre the Giant, but in this, he's Fezzik. And he is this scary dude for some people, but if you get to know him, and all the cast of this movie, Princess Bride got to know him, and they just saw this gentle giant. In fact, when he would talk to you, he would say, sure, boss, and he did that so that he would um, put you at ease. He just wanted you to feel comfortable around somebody who was over 500 pounds and seven foot four. So he'd say, yes, boss, anything you need, boss. Well, one of the actors, and this is all from the book written about the movie, as you wish, his name, um, real name, Chris Saradin, had two little girls, and he talked to them all the time about this great movie where these two little girls, um, where this giant was, and the two little girls were just enamored with the thought of a giant. Dad's on the show with a giant, and they really wanted to see him. So they brought him. He brought the two girls. They set it up for them to meet in the trailer, which was more like the size of a house for Andre. And he was sitting down when they came. And these two, they were just so excited because dad, we're going to go see this giant. And it sounds wonderful. And, and he did the best he could to set it up to meet this giant. They walk in and one of the little girls looks at him and starts screaming at the top of her lungs to which her sister joins her. And they stand there absolutely frozen across the room from Andre, just screaming in absolute terror, fear. And Chris collects his daughter, this is Prince Humperdinck, and he takes them out and he apologizes profusely to Andre. And he goes, no problem, boss. He said, you know, children, they either run to me and jump on my lap or they run away. I think that's a pretty good descriptor of what we do with God. We're either running to God and sitting on his lap and all the love that he has for us, or we're so afraid we're running away. The fear of the Lord is to understand that God is omnipotent. God is powerful. God is awesome. God is everything. And God is for you. 
loves you, embraces you, calls you. But he's not to be trifled with. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Walk in God's ways. Moses said, walk in his ways. Love him. Serve the Lord. Calling you so that every day when you get up, before you have that oatmeal for your heart, it says, Lord God, I want all of me to embrace all of you. Westminster Confession, what is your only, what is your, what, is, what are you here for? Why do you exist? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. This is a scripture about glorifying God and what it looks like when we glorify God. So walk in his ways, love him, serve the Lord. Do this with your heart and with your soul. They don't even have the word brain anywhere in the New Testament. You talk about your mind. But it's really your heart, that heart check. Where is your heart for God? It's mentioned 42 times in Deuteronomy. That's where your heart is. That's where the rest of you will be. And heart and soul, do that for me. And why? Because it's for your own well-being. Do you catch that in that scripture? Do these things for, its, or it's for your own well-being. When you are consumed with God and glorifying God and serving God, God knows it's for your good. It's for your own being, well-being. So God has provided for us all our needs. And God has set his heart on Israel as we look at this. Now, Israel is not special because of Israel. Remember, he picked Israel. They didn't pick him. When he went to Abraham in Genesis, and he said, go, and all these, I'm going to be a blessing. You're going to have a huge nation. By the way, everyone else will be blessed through you. So there's not an exclusiveness that he's only going to love Israel. God loves the entire world. He uses them as an instrument to show the world the way to God. He uses them to show the love of God, to show the depth in which God will go to protect, to forgive, to restore, and to bring promise to his people. The text reminds us of how God has cared and loved for people forever. Time and again, God's love and care is mentioned. And then God said, this is what I call you to. What does the Lord require? Love me, serve me, obey me. And by the way, you're somewhat distracted. That's why the scripture's here. You already broke the commandments once. So take your heart and cut off, circumcise that part so that your whole heart can be for me. Don't be having your heart go other places. Don't have your heart distracted by the things of the world that will keep you from glorifying me and doing as I have called you to do, to love others as you've loved me. God has called us and moved us into the world to be his reflection, his glory. Again, what happened with Israel that I think oftentimes happens, they got distracted. So in the same way that they made calves, 
the golden calf, they begin to collect other gods. What would happen is they would get tired waiting for God, so they, they would go out and they would start worshiping other gods and doing other things. And the thing that happened every single time is they neglected the orphan. They neglected the widow. They saw strangers as enemies. Whenever they were not glorifying and walking with God, distracted by the things of the world, they lost their way. They lost their purpose. God said, cut that off. Cut that out of your life. Circumcise your heart for me. Follow in my ways. This is a familiar text if we study the New Testament in Colossians 1, verses 11, 12, and I just want to quote it because we are part of that call to Israel as followers of Jesus. We were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision by putting off the body of the flesh and the circumcision of Christ when you were buried with him in baptism. You were also raised with him through faith and the power of God who raised him from the dead. We've been circumcised to Christ we are cut off from those things that would distract us and given to be followers of Jesus, who in all that he did glorified God. In Christ, we were changed. God is the God of all, the Lord of all, great, mighty, awesome, who is not to be bargained with or bribed. And then he said to Israel, the one whom we glorify is also the one whom we emulate. Do what I do, God is saying. Care, bring justice. Don't ignore them. Don't let a, a, another policy or another law or something else take care of you. You, my people, are the ones that I have called to care, to care for those who are isolated, to care for those so they don't end up on the streets at night, to care for those who need justice. And the stranger who comes into your land care for them, love them, because remember, you were once strangers. Many people get that 23 and meat, whatever it is, that little code, because they're just dying to know what their ancestry is. At the end of the day, most of us say, I'm an American. You know, we, we were strangers at a time when we came here. We were strangers to God. We didn't know God, but we now know and because we know, we're going to welcome all. We're going to welcome those strangers. God's heart calls us to look at people differently. I so appreciate what was shared with us this morning. And when we dwell with God, we dwell in the midst of God's presence, and that becomes so evident in the way in which we care for people. I love the fact that we care for those who are from other countries that are coming here. We call them refugees. We call them immigrants. We call them vetted, asylum seekers. We have many, many names for those who are seeking refuge. What would it be like if we called them humans? instead of a label? What would it be like if we saw them in the image of God which they are created as all of us are? 
What if we welcome them thinking, here's another human being, the image of God face to face, how may I help you? To glorify God is to welcome the stranger. Because remember, as he said to Israel, you were in another land and you were foreigners, strangers. I have cared for you. Let us never forget to care for those who are in need. Pascal said this, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God, the creator, made known through Jesus. We were all strangers and in a foreign land when it came to knowing God. Let us, who know God, truly glorify God in all we do and then duly live that out in the way in which we treat the least of these. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jan, for those words reminding us of what the Lord requires of us. Now, please rise as you are able to join us in one voice in a unison affirmation of what we believe as Christians. We affirm our belief in the one eternal God, creator and Lord of the world, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who governs all things according to the purpose of his will. He has been calling out from the world a people for himself and sending his people back into the world to be his servants and his witnesses for the extension of his kingdom, the building up of Christ's body and the glory of his name. Therefore, we wholeheartedly commit ourselves each day to the work and reconciliation of the world through Christ Jesus, our Lord.
a heart check. Is my heart, Lord God, glorifying you truly? And then help me do what you have called me to do, to go out and serve those widows, the orphans, the stranger in our midst. And as you go, may God's blessing fill you and those with whom you minister up with a cup of Christ's love. Amen.